point. We're living in a, you know, a punto, modern age of uh, the new psychedelic renaissance. And I thought, this is, this is not real. This is, uh, my gosh, I'm on the radio. People hear me. You know, what we do with our time here on the planet and, uh, you know, how we give to others and affect others' lives and uh, what we do with it is important. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know that's the direction we were going. <laughs> that every major spiritual tradition says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within. It's about what makes you happy and satisfied. Like you said, like you just said, you have to be able to control it. You can't let it control you. Always part of me wanted an audience. It's naive to think that human beings have stopped evolving. The, the world is a very rich place if you start exploring. Okay, so welcome ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Chris Wright, on Point Counterpoint. Today, I am joined by Andrew Calderella, um, and I'll let you introduce yourself. Who, who are you? Uh, what's, uh, what's sure. your... Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me here, Chris. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your show. I am here because I just finished uh, my first book, 30 Years in the Creation of Writing This. This has been uh, kind of like my life's mission. It's all about how we can become our best selves as well as help our world become a better world. And I only did this because it's, uh, it's like I said, it's been my life's mission. I, I didn't start out to be a writer. I actually was born with dyslexia, other learning disabilities, a patch over my eyes. So it was a, a big challenge to be able to even write something. And like I said, it's been kind of my life's calling. I uh, had a lot of experiences, life experiences, uh, traumatic experiences, as well as spiritual experiences kind of led me down this path and trying to bring this to the world and share what I've found. So that's kind of the basic. I don't really like talking about myself, so I'm not really prepared to give you a, a rundown. But if you have any questions, I'd be uh, more than happy to answer. Okay. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned you have dyslexia. So uh, how, is, how has this influenced, um, you know, your writing, your life, your general direction? Sure. Well, I think it impacted me a lot. I mean, uh, my dyslexia was pretty bad. I also had a patch over my eye. I had a lazy eye as a kid. So they put a patch over my good eye to strengthen my bad eye. And in doing that, I was literally seeing 2200 vision. So I could barely see, you know, I was like looking through, you know, a cloth or something. Uh, and plus with my dyslexia. So I did very poorly in school. I was bullied uh, relentlessly. I mean, I almost drowned. I mean, I had so many horrible experiences in that. I was mocked by teachers in school. One teacher going as far as mocking me in front of the whole class, telling me I should just drop out of school. This is in elementary school, in like fourth grade and uh, go get a job because I'll, I'm too stupid to learn anything. Uh, just really, really difficult. But I just want you to know that I had a mother and I had a very special teacher um, that kind of encouraged me and helped me realize that, that I did have worth, even though I was called stupid by everybody and everything else. So I did end up graduating from high school. I went on to college. I became a school leader, an athlete. And um, I think that influenced me a lot because as a kid, you, you realize that this, uh, this wrongness, right, isn't right. You know, you, you shouldn't be, this shouldn't be the way that it is. So you're always trying to figure out like, why is it this way? Why is it this way? How can I fix this? How can I, um, you know, become a better person and all the rest of it. And like I said, it also was a very lonely because you, it's not just the kids that are bullying. You've got to realize that um, the kids that are bullying have problems of their own, right? They need help to stop being bullies, but it's also all the kids around them that snicker and laugh and then, or don't say anything. 
you know, just don't back you up. Even your friends, you know, uh, snickering in the background or laughing or not just saying anything to help you or defend you as you're being picked up and put into a trash can or whatever it may be, you know, it's just, so it's in your heart as a kid, when you're going through this, it's very difficult. And these kids really need to know that it's not their fault. It's the problem is with these other kids. And just to give you a quick story. Um, I was bullied relentlessly. It's always the older kids. I was a pretty big kid. I'm like six, one. I grew pretty fast, but I was, I was ball for God's sake and all these kind of things but at the same time it was always the older kids you know this the, the you know i had some kids in my grade for sure uh but it was the bigger kids and then when you get to sixth grade there's always this point where you're, there's no more bigger bullies than you <laughs> you know they're all your size and i literally had like uh, two fights and this one fight i i beat up this bully i didn't beat him up i just defended myself and really i guess i did i went a little crazy on him didn't really hurt him or anything just kids do and uh, but i was paraded around the the uh, playground like I was some type of hero by all the bullies that were like tormenting me all these years and it was such a surreal experience and some of these people became my friends later um, but they had really horrible lives in their own right you know what I mean? like at their, their parents the way they treated them or neglected them or or whatever it may be and you know it's so for me it's like the solution of helping our kids become better people um, a better society and all the rest of it became kind of paramount because you you can't feel sorry for everybody that's being uh you know hurt or misled or twisted or become hateful and you know do all these horrible things that's part of the problem you know we need to we need to feel sorry for these people so we can help them and find out ways to to fix our society so i don't know so as far as it uh influencing my life i think all of that kind of uh propelled me into being a little more uh introverted but also looking for these solutions because as a kid, you always think there's something wrong with you. So you try to fix yourself and then you realize it's not you. Then how do you help these other people? And anyway, so I guess it kind of all spiraled from there. Yes. The first step to fixing all these problems with these different people that are that, you know, whether they're hateful or they're bullies or whatever, um, is, you know, understanding like, where do you come from? Like, why are you like this? You have to try to Absolutely. dig in and find out what is what is causing them to be this way and then see if you can, you know, whether it's a bad family life or something see if you can try to improve that and you know their coping mechanisms uh with this absolutely and that's absolutely key i think uh this is one of the founding principles of why i did this I, again i'm not a writer writer i mean it took me forever to just give you a little background 30 years with the work i had a major spiritual experiences you know throughout my childhood and then when i was 19 a, a big one and i kind of saw a lot of what was supposed to be here, but I didn't understand what I was seeing. So I had to do a lot of research, understand our psychology, how our cells work, how the universe works, all these kind of things to be able to articulate um, what I was seeing. And when you look at the foundations of life, uh, all, the, all our faiths, the whole point, the goal of life, the meaning of life, the purpose, why we're here, it all kind of boils down. You can find it all in the same place. You know, we're all born ignorant. We're all totally dependent upon our caregivers in our society and we're also born with this flaw and people call it a flaw like original sin or you can see it as a gift where it gives us the ability to have true choice right if you if you didn't have the ability to fail and there wasn't true temptation uh there would be no real challenge to overcome right so this the whole setup under which we live uh if you're looking at like playing the game of life you know you open up the box and you see a board and you see all these pieces of dice or whatever it may be that's set up here right? We call the human conditions. 
So the setup we're under is like the universals, which is, you know, day and night, gravity, um, you know, all the rest of the entropy and things like that. Then there's the, the personal ones that are more like uh, we have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to, uh, you know, kind of community work to make everybody a uh, better society and all these things. If you look at all those laws or all the, the human conditions, they kind of set up this whole thing. So the meaning of life, if you have to literally create yourself as you grow from a baby to an adult, you have to uh, make a better society, go from like a savage lifestyle, all the way to civilized and enlightened and maybe a true society. Uh, it's all about self-creation, society creation, as well as development. So we, and control, you know, we need to control ourselves as we develop ourselves and control is like choice. And when I talk about free will, you know, it's free will constrained, like it's in that game board, right? It's like we have to wake up we had to relive almost our, our training every single day. You know, this repetitive cycle is what allows us to better ourselves uh, every day because it's not just something new. You know what I mean? We can go, oh, well, I did that this way yesterday. Let me try it this way and get it better and everything else. Um, so these kind of realizations, again, led me down this path of then, you know, so the purpose of life is to become the best self, right? live your best life. And ultimately, if you believe in heaven is to go to heaven and also to help create a better society. So that theme is, and, and obviously be in touch with God. And, you know, like I said, heaven and all of that, that theme is what all our faiths are about. It's like, you look at the constitution, all the revolutions that's ever happened. It's all about, we need to create a better life for everybody. We need to have better leaders. We need to do what it's. And again, it's all these foundational um, core aspects that if we understand them, uh, if we all get on the same page, we can fix our society. And that's, that's kind of the whole idea here. Um, if we're going to fix this world, you know what I mean? To create a better society, we need to become better people. To become better people, we need to be on the same page on all these foundations of life. And, if we're, and that's why I created the way. So the way is the foundations. And then we need to be able to join in the right way to make these changes. So I'm creating the, the one movement and one party. And I know it's all starting. I literally got this book out on December 24th, uh, 2020, uh, the, the hardback version. Um, and I, you know, I'm just getting on these shows from like my fifth, sixth show, maybe. Uh, so, you know, it all has to start somewhere. And I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share with you. So I'm new with this. I just want you to know that. So if your audience is out there, I uh, just want to say, please help me, <laughs> you know, join with us. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I can't do this alone. I need everybody's input. It's all, this is more about all of us. So. You say the one movement and the one party. Uh, could you uh, describe what you mean by that? Or? Sure. So if you look at our world, um, just to give an idea, like uh, we're trying to fight for civil rights. This idea of equality has been fought for everywhere throughout every pretty much society and is going on right now. And it's always the minorities, the, uh, you know, some group that it, it, in, a, in America, you see, um, you know, people of color, they say, you know, in, in India, it's the untouchables, you know what I mean? And in, in China, it's anybody that's not Chinese, whatever it may be, you know what I mean? So this idea of equality and, and equal rights for everyone is something that, again, I, I see, I've studied all of human history and it seems like we've been fighting this battle <laughs> since the very beginning. You know what I mean? It's like, everybody can't just begin to say, oh, this ethnic, let's fight for this ethnic group's uh, rights and then the next one and the next one either we're all equal or we're not you know what i mean we we need to fight for all of our equal rights at the same time all over the world and it makes us that much more powerful so when i talk about the one movement this is uh all the biggest issues of the world 
kind of joining, and it doesn't mean you, you stop these organizations all around, you just join them together, right? So then uh, it's equal rights for everyone all around the world and all the equal rights movements join together and then we can help support each other. And once we have um, some type of unity, I mean, it's like, look at this, in, in all of human history, we've never had an uprising in, uh, where everybody in the world kind of does it at the same time except in the last like five or 10 years or so. You know what I mean? You've seen these spontaneous, like the, the Wall Street one, right? It started in Wall Street, then it showed up the Middle East and showed up here and there. Um, you see these civil rights uh, right now with the Black Lives Matter showed up in England, showed up in, you know what I mean? This is the first time this has ever happened and it happened like that. You know what I mean? This is the, the only time in human history that we can make these changes uh, is happening right now because we're all so focused. Uh, this, <laughs> let me just stop for a second. All the horror that's happening right now is really to get all these changes to happen because if we don't we're not going to make it okay we're going to go into another horrible war and repeat the history over and over again but our technology and the horrors that we can deliver with robotic war nuclear war poisons and chemicals and everything else is so unbelievably horrific that we're going to destroy too much of our society and people and everything else so either we're going to kind of all wake up right now and make some global changes to get on the same page uh, or it seems like we're, we're going to go down this horrible path again. Um, so the one movement is about kind of joining all these people together and making these changes as a movement throughout the world. The one party is about a literal political party. Um, it can start in America, but I wanted to uh, kind of go all over the world. And it's about making government work, period. It's, you know, forget the fringe issues for, for a minute. It's about integrating all the virtues that we hold dear into our government, efficiency, you know, making sure that we're not uh, spending money that we don't have and all the rest of the problems that we see. Um, and again, I, I, in America, we need a third party because we're in this uh, two team, um, you know, red, blue war type situation. You know, it's like, it, it plays on our us versus them kind of tribal mentality where uh, if there's only two, you know, it's like, uh, just look at American sports. It's like football or baseball, whatever. It, if your local team has lost for 30 years, you're still a fan, right? You're still like, yeah, my team, right? That's what we have right now. And that's not, that's, that's wrong in politics. We need to uh, all be working towards the best solution. So the one party is about that. It's about making sure that the people in government are truly working for us and implementing the solutions that make government work, but also make the society work. Government can't do everything. You know what I mean? We make business work for us. We need to make uh, people you know, help them have better lives so they can become their best selves and all the rest. So that, that's basically the kind of the idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to, you mentioned that um, the, the historical tendency to, you know, do these us versus them conflicts, you know, yeah. and I suppose one of the, the solutions to that is, you know, just to help people understand that, you know, amongst most people in the world, basically everyone in the world, we have more in common with everybody than we do then there, there's more similarities than there are differences uh, between everybody. You know, and just to speak to that point, that's, that's kind of the foundation of the way, uh, is that while we all are very unique, right? We, we occupy our own space time, right? We we're, uh, think differently, we look differently, speak different languages, different genders, all these kind of things. At the same time, all that's true. We all need to eat and sleep and communicate and interact with our society. And we do mainly the same things every day. That's what the foundations of life are called in here. Um, you know, we, we all need to understand certain principles if we're going to be the best we are. We also need to take care of our bodies in a certain way if we're going to be our best. We also need to interact uh, with other people in our society and help, formate, uh, you know, help our work 
evolve, help our um, government evolve and all the rest of it if, if we're gonna live a great life. So to get there though, since we're born ignorant, we all need to kind of have the basic knowledge. And that's the biggest problem in our society that I see is that we're, we all share all these similarities, but we're not, we're not integrating the best practices. Maybe I should say this. Um, the way in, in four words is living, rational, positive action. It's living because we do it all the time. It's something we live, right? It's living rational because it's reasonable. It's logical. It's a, it's a customizable implementation plan that, that is your life, you know? So it's living, rational, positive because it's about integrating virtue into your life. And virtues are what we hold in highest regard. These are uh, you know, like being disciplined and faithful and uh, positive and happy and healthy and all the rest of the, the desirable traits that you can imagine. There's a huge list of them. They're in the book um, that we're trying to all, all master. And then it's living rational positive because to make a virtue real, you need to uh, take steps to make it into your life. And we call these like the best ones, the best practices. So uh, for example, the uh, virtue of being punctual would require you to take steps and actions like uh, leaving on time, setting reminders, to be, uh, to live the uh, virtue of being healthy, you need to eat right and have an exercise program and all these other action items, right? So the, and there's best practices in there. There's certainly like, there are ways to, to consume water that will make you better, consume light and all the rest of those aspects. So if we can integrate these as kids and help our kids grow this way and we can get them, get this knowledge for us, uh, we can improve ourselves, our society as we go forward. Um, and that's kind of the idea. And it, and it spans so many different uh, aspects of life. And this is what made the, the way so complicated for me is because for you to be your best, you, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, in your work, in your relationships, in your society, you need to integrate so many little pieces of information in all these different genres to be your best. And who wants to spend their time reading a thousand books and going through all this crazy stuff? By the time you're 30, 40 years old, you're like, wow, I just realized something that I should have known when I was 10. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it just makes me sick. And I spent so much time reading all of these books uh, to come to some realizations to simplify it so we can all just integrate it without like, oh, I have to study Freud for 15 years to understand how my mind works. No, you don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the same thing with your body or the way the society works or wealth or power, uh, success, whatever you name it, it's in here. So for me, again, it all comes down to us kind of being on the same page uh, regarding these basics and foundations of life. And I, I put a challenge out there and I haven't heard anybody disagree with anything that's in this book yet. Okay, so they may not like, because I'm not super great writer sometimes. I mean, people said they really like the way I write. Let me say it to you this way. I, I went into a lot of different publishers with this book. Uh, they had a group of them and they had this meeting and they said, this book is like no other book that they've ever seen written. They've never, uh, I don't know if anybody would ever write a book like this. So it was a trip to them. They were like, they weren't sure if they, they should publish it, but it was so unique that they felt like it, they should. So it's not, this isn't a book like other books. This is uh, humanity's way of becoming our best and uh, creating a better world. It's simplified and giving you the down low without having to spend the rest of your life trying to figure all this stuff out. I did it. So save you a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is a, would be a, a, what would you say, say would be a good way to fix the way that, you know, our government currently functions, both maybe a quick fix and a more of a long-term fix as well. Like sure. something we could do now uh, versus something. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, just so you know. I, I think I got that long-term, short-term fix yeah. on our government. Um, 
uh, I, I think that this kind of fix needs to happen worldwide because no, no uh, country is an island. You know what I mean? It's like if we get our act together and then, uh, you know, some other big country decides to throw off nukes or just build endless coal plants and destroy, you know, destroy the, the environment, we're all going to go down. So um, in America, I believe, again, that, that we need a new uh, third party that is kind of a hybrid, but a new thing. It's like in business, you need to have a disruptor to come in and change things sometimes. Um, these two parties are so old and ingrained in the way that they have operated and have been taken over, you know, by fringes and extremists and fractured mm -hmm. and all these years, you know what I mean? They're no longer, totally. I don't even know what they are anymore. And they're not working for the people. There's not, there's not one American that I've talked to lately that's been like, yeah, you know, our government is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's working great <laughs> for us. No, it's not. So to fix it in my, and again, I've studied enough human history to know that we are going down a path to war right now. I just want you to know, I mean, it's, it's if you hate on both sides, the other side, and you will not work with each other, no matter what, we will end up in this hate fest, you know, war, um, disintegrating America and all the rest. Uh, it's happened in every other country in, in time. You know, it's like you, you need to have unity if you're gonna have a country. Um, and the problem is that we're being misled by a few leaders. We're truly not divided. Everybody I've ever talked to wants a good government. We want it to work. Mm -hmm. we, we want uh, our, our great lives. We want, certainly we do want uh, to be drinking poisoned water. You know what I mean? We want, <laughs> want everything to work for God's sake, you know? And it's like, so what are we divided about? We're, we're being told we're divided because of this two-party extremist uh, group that you belong to. But the truth is, none of us want what's happening. Do you want to go in a trillion dollars in debt every year? Do you want uh, your kids to, you know, have a poor education? You know what I mean? Nobody wants those things. So um, to me, it's like, that's where the way comes in. We all need to get on the same page on the basics and then just implement these. It's not as complicated as all these leaders are making it out to be. They want you divided and confused and, and, and you know, pissed off because they feel like that's how they get power and they can get more wealth and they can exploit you. But in reality, we want a government that's helping you be happy you know, and calm and be like, yeah, my kid is getting a good education. I know I'm going to be cared for uh, when I get old. I'm not going to be on the street. I, you know what I mean? All these uh, the idea is that as a society is, and again, I talk about this in the book, there's different levels to a society. So we start out savage, barbarian, uh, civilized, uh, enlightened, and what I call the true society. So we have kind of a mixed, obviously, world right now. There's literally people making houses out of, uh, you know, cow manure, and then we have people building buildings that are earthquake proof. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, the dichotomy of what's happening in the world is incredible. Um, so this idea of of elevating our society, the same thing with a person. You know, we can be a savage level person, a barbarian who just looks to our tribe, more civilized, we're looking out for society, more enlightened, where we're, you know, becoming a better person just naturally, and then truly our true self when we're living this life where we're really meant to be, as well as being enlightened and all the other good aspects. Um, the whole point is that it seems to me like throughout all of human history, there's two types of leaders. And this is like the huge test, like I was saying, this world is a training ground preparing us for a greater reality. The reason we don't, we can't like say, yes, God exists or doesn't exist um, and know it for a fact and all the rest of it gives us free choice, right? If you, if you knew heaven exists and God exists, exactly, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any choice. You'd be like, yes, I'm gonna go that route because I wanna go mm -hmm. to heaven. But, um, but now this whole- Uncertainty. 
Yeah, exactly. Uncertainty. Uh, we have no idea. We, while we don't know what's going to happen in the future, we also kind of do. You know what I mean? We're in this free choice realm, but it's also bound up in these uh, human conditions. So, you know, as I was saying, the, the two types of leaders are these, these leaders that are truly looking to help us, right? That are out there uh, trying to become better people, admit mistakes, um, and try to figure the answers out. And then there's the other type where it's, and it's, again, it's mostly men, it seems like. I, I met some women like this too, I want to say. Um, but that all are all about putting their thumb over you. It's all about control. It's all about competition. They can't, they, they can't see anybody as equals. It's either they're above me and I need to try to bring them down or they're below me and now I can smash them. You know what I mean? And I've mm -hmm. dealt with those kind of business people my whole life. And it seems like if you study all of human history, it's like the, this idea of success being wealth, power, and fame is a big lie. It's really a challenge, okay? It's not success. That's not what true success is. Uh, it's a challenge because when you have great wealth or great power and fame, you are either going to use it for good or you're not going to do anything that's going to help the world or you're going to just like stuff your house with gold and not care about anybody. Um, one of the greatest type of leader, look at all the kings and queens pretty much throughout history. Throw away this food and you know, that sickness of superiority has shown up in every faith and country throughout our entire history. It is what started World War One, World War Two. You know what I mean? It's like every every uh, uh, revolution has happened because of these horrible leaders just keep pushing and pushing until the people just say enough. You know, we can't take this anymore. You're you're clearly corrupted and destroying everything. People just keep failing the test you know what i mean it's like king after king after king just keeps killing and destroying their people and hoarding wealth instead of trying to cooperate and figure out the solutions and everything hello okay uh so going back to the to the party stuff um so d yeah. Would, would, do we even really need parties at all? Just because, you know, that kind of, it's almost like a conflict of interest, you know, because, you know, you're trying to serve the party more than you're trying to help, you know, the country, the people, you know, because one, one thing that I'm seeing a lot yeah. is, you know, people, they keep consistently voting along party lines, you know, whether it's on a bill or if it's on a, a Supreme Court justice, you know, um, you know, it, it used to be, you know, if you liked an idea, if you liked a, a bill or a, or a justice or something, you'd, you'd vote for that thing. But now, it's like not only do you feel compelled, but people are telling you, no, you have to vote for the party this time. So you're just seeing yeah. these exact splits where very few people ever, ever go against that vote. That's that's very true, and I agree with you. I'm an independent, so I, I get that whole idea. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is that in our society, we need an organization sometimes to make change. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like you can view this party as the independent. Uh, make government work again party and not like a fringe where, you know, uh, we're just going to worry about this fringe issue, you know what I mean? Or, sure. or just some obtuse thing that nobody really doesn't mean anything like, oh, we're for small government. Really? I'm for government that works. I, it may sure. be big sure. here and small here. And you know what I mean? I'm, I'm also for the government or the society working and the government is sets up how everything goes down. Right. And that's what gets me about the problem with our government is they think like they're the answer where it's really like, if you just set things up correctly, business and the people will be able to kind of make all this other stuff happen with their educational system. You know, I mean, the government, uh, I, I, 
we can go on and on about that. But the point is, um, the the organizational structure will allow us to facilitate changes as well as to help. I envision this party this way. Let me see. Okay, so. It's like our, our mission is to make government work again, embracing all the different types of virtues that uh, we can integrate and really define consensus, but also true solutions. I don't care where they come from. When, when I've had these discussions with people, I don't care how right or left you are, uh, it all boils down if they're really passionate to some type of virtue. I'll give you the wall example. I do this one a lot. Um, on the right, it's you know law and order. Uh, you know, you got to be here, you, you should be an American, so forth and so on. If you're going to, uh, you know, then on the left is, but humanity, we need, we need to care, we can't just be heartless and treat people with disdain. Those two things can go together. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not one or the other. You don't just have open borders and let everybody in no matter what and, and pay all their bills and let them, you know, just live here. Or it's not close everybody out and treat them like, you know, like, like they're subhuman. See you in yang. Right, exactly. You need balance. You need this this balance, and that's the problem with these parties. They become, and this happens with every organization that I, I study. Uh, it happens with religions. It happens with any organization that has these. Uh, I don't say like some type of mandate or mission. Uh, what happens is the people in these organizations, uh, the leaders, eventually are become these people that are super fanatical, right? Like it's the guys that are so into it that yell the loudest that eventually sometimes take over this group. It's it's happened with faiths. It's happened with you know, fracturing of all the different uh, religions, you can see, oh my gosh, how many different sects are there of Christianity and, you know, and everything else. So um, that's what's happened with these parties. The problem is they didn't splinter out and create like five or 10 different parties. What happened is they, the, it's like, uh, it's like when, when the, the, the horrible popes took over the Christian religion and they've said, no, Christ wants you to go down and kill everybody in, their, in his homeland and rape them and take all their wealth and bring it back to us. That's what Christ would want. He wants you to also torture all the people that believe in him just in case to make sure they're, mm -hmm. they're really falling. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this is clearly wrong. So uh, I think when we have a party too, it's, it's about making sure that the people that represent the party stay faithful to the core mission. So you can become a member of the party, everybody can. Um, but if you're gonna represent the party, you're gonna to have to uh, toe the line as far as like, like if you become so extreme, you're no longer part of the party. Mm -hmm. And we can have sure. an internal structure, kind of a democracy within our party to figure out who's gonna represent us, who's not. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna be a Democrat and I'm gonna run. No, if you wanna run for our party, you're gonna to have to come through our democratic system within and pass our litmus test to be a representative of this party. And then we can back them up. I also see this as more too of a, I've been a recruiter in my past. I built companies and businesses. Our government is like, uh, let me say, it's like a sacred institution. We want it working as well and as efficient and, you know, without all the bottlenecks, uh, problems, waste, you know what I mean? So we need good people in there. And I, I'd like to see it like, even if you don't work there your whole life, but maybe some of the best people in our society could see it as a service where maybe you spend five years or four years um, helping out fix whatever, you know, working in the system to help it work right. Um, and, you know, it's like, uh, how do I say this? It's like, if you were on a spaceship traveling through space, you would want everything working well, your air conditioning, your, you know, your food systems. That's kind of what this world is like. You also want mm -hmm. the, the structure of your little society in the, in the system working well. And not that it needs to be uh, militaristic, certainly, uh, in a democracy, though, we need to have 
everybody kind of on the same page when it comes to some of these basic concepts of what we're trying to achieve. And we can't have leaders that are manipulating us into this uh, frenzy of, of, of belief that are not true. You know what I mean? And, and or are exaggerated or are missing some of these other key facts. Um, you know what I mean? We need to be the party that brings uh, sense back into our government and more of a uh, value-based, you know, um, non, uh, what do I say, extremist uh, type of organization. And that's where I'm talking about the structure of the, of the actual party itself, having its own democracy and, you know, outside uh, influences helping us keep it straight. And then having the leaders um, follow that mission plan, I think is what will help that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah and again, I'm just flushing this out. I want to yeah. say this is all new stuff and I need sure. help to make it all real. So. Sure, you, you need that. You need that structure, which is the party, is along with its litmus test of who is going to be in there. Make sure that you're not too extreme, uh, but also, you know, you need to have that little bit of, uh, uh, you know, spontaneity, a little bit of, uh, you know, l less structuredness. Uh, yeah. Um, in order to, you know, allow it to not be too rigid, you know, to push towards the other sides. You know, in any society. Yeah. There's always, you know, there's always the two sides, you know, there's always, you know, there's the conservative and the liberal sides, and, you know, the conservatives are the ones that uh, uh, generally, you know, uphold more of the hierarchy, you know, and uh, you have too much of that and all of a sudden it, it grows, you know, too rigid and, you know, maybe people are, people are unable to advance too much to advance enough through the different regions of the hierarchy. And then on the other side, there's the liberals that want to, you know, break stuff down. Um, and, you know, if you have too much of that, then the whole thing falls apart. So, you know, you need to have that structure, but you also need it to be not so rigid, so well-structured that, you know, no one can do anything. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the idea of kind of a pre-society. You know I mean? What you're talking about- Both me, sides are necessary. Basically. Yeah. And uh, I actually cover the idea of conservatives um, and, you know, left, right, whatever you want to call it, and centrist ideas in this. When we talk about step six in the book, which is about uniting and how we do it effectively, you know, this is characteristic of people, some people to uh, kind of revere the past, they're more traditionalists, uh, they're, they're, they're slower to change. And then there's a group of people that are faster to change, they accept it, you know what I mean, they're ready to go. And that's what you're talking about, it's kind of this fight between the two. Um, and I think it's, it, again, it comes down to this basic knowledge. If you know which type you are, you have to realize that neither side is always totally right. Right. There are times where the conservatives need to give it up and realize, look, man, we need to change this. OK, slavery, horrible pollution. You know what I mean? It's like if you're holding on to these things, man, you're you know, you got to evolve. Uh, at the same time, the, the right has to realize, um, you know, this liberal aspect that that some things that that you want to change. You can't force change on everybody everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you can start somewhere and change things and they will grow if they take on. But this idea that you have to force everybody into some ideal is also not right. So, you know what I mean? You, you have to balance them out. You also have to take, what, I, what drives me crazy about these two parties, it's like, they don't take the other person's consideration at all. It's like, um, like the whole vaccine movement. I've talked to enough people that are anti-vax and vax. It's like, why isn't our news like listing out every single, uh, anti-vaxxers issue and then going through why they are true or not true and helping us understand it instead of just mocking them as being stupid. 
You know what I mean? This is kind of, and I, I use that as an example because that's what happens in our government, right? It's like mm -hmm. anything the Democrats, oh, it's just liberal, lefty, all yep. the right, hateful, you know, it's like, no, can you just listen to them? They want humanity on the border, for God's sake. That's not a bad thing. They want, these guys want some type of secure border. You can't have a country if you just have endless people come in. And you have to understand why. Why are these people all wanting to come here? Is it because America's so great? Not really. If you talk to them, they're coming here because they're fleeing horror. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So why are our Southern nations such horror? You look at the past, you're like, America literally went down there and destabilized these countries. I can't yeah. even understand that. Like, why wouldn't we want strong, peaceful democracies all around us? This whole hemisphere like, by now could like have been- Like Salvador Allende in Chile. Uh, well, exactly. I mean, yeah. you, you know the history. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, it makes no sense. To me, I would, this whole hemisphere could have been the most peaceful democracy, uh, you know, helper of the world by now. <laughs> you know, instead we have, you know, America and Canada kind of on the same page. And then we have so much uh, pain and suffering below. And it's just, it doesn't need to be this way. So- you know, for me, it's like, I've talked to, I live in Southern California. So there's a lot of um, people here from South America. And again, they love their countries. It's just, they can't live there. You know what I mean? It's like, if, you're, if your daughter's gonna be raped or your son's gonna be a, a gang member, there's no education, there's no food. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, this is why people came to America to begin with. You know what I mean? It's like the whole pilgrims, mm -hmm. the, it's fleeing from the Irish, the Italians from the, you know what I mean? It's just, mm -hmm. it, it's this natural, idea that we all want to have a better life so either we're going to help everybody create a better life all over this world or we're going to have this horror you know fleeing and and all this disruption and everything else that we that we keep going through over and over and over again so either we kind of make this big change now or, or i really believe that um you know we're not going to make it and that's kind of why i think you don't really know me and nobody does yet but um why it took me so long to kind of get here i mean I, you've I've had so many setbacks in my life from being, uh, you know, hit by cars and laid out for years, broke my back, um, you know, you know, ruptured discs in my back and things. And um, to to have this all happen in 2020 to get the first book out and start to be able to talk about this, it all my friends tell me this is exactly why all of that happened to you, you know, it's so that we can all kind of gather around some basic fundamental ideas of what it is to be human and then implement these solutions it's not it doesn't have to be so horrible we don't all have to hate and yell and scream you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. we the basics are so easy it's like we need our water systems to work is that really so hard you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. water food uh education all the basics of life are what are the foundations of our civilization those things need to work our roads are you know what i mean we 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 need to de dedicate our lives to that why are we even fighting like like some of our government is, oh, we should do away with the educational department. And, and really, <laughs> you want your people not to have education. You know what I mean? Or just leave it up to yeah. some wealthy person to decide what they learn. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. I think, I think going back to the way that we, we portray the other side, you know, like with, um, you know, like with anti-vaxxers, you know, instead of piecing apart the arguments and saying, well, this is why you're wrong here. We just we just mock people at the other side and go, oh, you're, you're, you're so stupid, you know, we, we totally owned them. And, you know, but, you yeah. know, we didn't really do anything. I think that's why people are more and more starting to flock to other media sources, like, you know, podcasts and stuff like that, where instead of, you know, you know, listening to very structured, uh, structured um, people, you know, that just have, you know, they're reading off a teleprompter or something, they can listen yeah. to like un unscripted, let's, let's talk about that. I would long conversation. 
long form yeah. conversations. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I got to get used to being on a, on a show because it, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the whole idea of our media being owned and run by a couple billionaires mm -hmm. is the problem. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the way uh, the One Movement Party are literally just the tip of the iceberg of this major plan that I've been shown. Uh, one of the facilities we need to create is the People's News. And it's kind of a democratization uh, of, of our news where uh, you, can, you can look at the reporters and the, and the stories separate, uh, as separate things. The, the people that actually speak the news don't have to be the reporters, right? The people that are gathering the information and putting it in some type of form that we can use and have context, right? And, and have knowledge that aids us is what matters. I think our whole uh, approach to news needs to change. It, it has changed now to just kind of program us into thinking a certain way, right? This idea of bringing out one point, making a point, and then having a bunch of people give you their opinions about it that are all slated in one direction is mm -hmm. to get you to think a certain way. It's a, it's a propaganda technique. Let's take experts and make you think like these experts because you think those people are, are important. That, yeah. that is a horrible, that is not news, that is propaganda. So the idea of news, real news, is to give you full information in context that will help you make better decisions mm -hmm. and, and help you have a better life, right? It's like, what, what good is it just knowing that some horrible uh, thing happened to this family? You know, you ever seen that? Oh, uh, five people were horribly murdered in their houses, film at 11. It's like, wow, mm -hmm. how is that in any way helping me? You just injected horror into my mind and, and just telling the story isn't helping anybody. Saying that there were 17 murders in our city uh, due to gang violence and these four areas and it's happening every day and we keep tracking it and showing you where it is and who the families are. That could help, you know? Uh, the same idea with any of this. There's no context, there's no way to help. So it's like, how I talk to this people all the time. How many stories have you heard about the wars we're in, in the last 10 years? You know, we're a war right now. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything that's yeah. happening? Anything? Was, I think it was within the last couple of days, we, we like, uh, we just launched some some missiles at Syria recently. Right. That's like that's was all it, you hear. Just but every day, our yeah. soldiers are out yeah. there. You never hear about. We that. don't. I don't have any idea what they're doing, what they're going through, uh, why why they're even there still. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like the this long, forgotten thing. That long term climate stuff. change. Mm -hmm. You know, we only started talking about climate change since Biden became president. Mm -hmm. This is a story that people have been concerned about. It's in the news. I mean, people are having marches. Why are we talking about it? It's like is the news just like oh, whatever's happening, let's just sit around all day and just talk about that. Or mm -hmm. are they out there to help us understand the biggest issues of the world and bring it to us whether it, there's a march or not? You know what I mean? It's like, that's mm -hmm. what gets me about this news. Again, it's so corrupted. So what we need to do is have more of a, a, a democracy type news where I'd like to see it to where like you, if you wanted to be a newscaster and you wanted mm -hmm. to talk about sports, you want to talk about uh, sure. social issues, we could have really good reporter writer people that create all the content. Like here's mm -hmm. the story that's happening in Syria today, right? Mm -hmm. And you and Joe and Sally and Joan, you know what I mean, can take this and and give the information. You can do it with your own little style, as long yeah. as it 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 holds to the facts and you and it's complete. And then we can take feedback from the people. What do you guys want to know about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get a million people that are like, I want to know about, and like I said, I want to know. I think there should be like different types of segments. Like you have a half hour brief of all the biggest happenings in the world. And this is like a rundown of today's stories about uh, 
you know, equality, uh, environmental, you know, justice, whatever, you know what I mean? You have these 10 things you always go through every day because this is a recurring theme that people want to hear about. And then you have, like I said, everybody can read it. You can have your podcast. We'll link to all the great people and you get yeah. more likes and likes and likes and you get shown more and more and more. You know what I mean? It's like, it, then it's not, uh, you know, somebody's name who decides. It's not a billionaire and one superstar reporter guy that decides what you get to know and think like and everything else, right? Mm -hmm. And you, as a as a reporter for the news, it's not about you. You know what I mean? It's like it's about the information. Uh, there's no opinion. There's no discussion. It's you giving the facts and then showing the people where they can go and unite to help fix this problem or get more information. You know what I mean? And follow up. Come on. And that's it. That's that's what news is supposed to be. So anyway, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I wonder if I don't know if this is a solution, but I so one of the one of the problems is you know, they're they're trying to do stuff that gets more clicks and that's more money. So you know, the quick the quick negative stuff that shocks you is really gonna you know bring in more money, you know. Uh, not this not like the ongoing wars that we're in that you never hear about. Um, but you know, the stuff that really gets people riled up, you know. Um, but I wonder if maybe one solution could possibly be some new source that instead of being based on, you know, money, it's, you know, it's, you know, maybe it's like a government run type of thing where. Uh, I would like it to be done on more of a, like a, like a charity thing. We're like, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. like, like we all support sure. it, um, but we can have ads. You're just, like, just su su something where the incentive isn't simply to get clicks. Well, Basically. yeah, exactly. But it's also, like you said, it's about information. So what I find is yeah, people like donations, want this you know. new, yeah, people want this news source. Um, I think if we set it up way, the way I'm talking about, it, there would be a lot, lot less overhead because mm -hmm. you are shooting this in your little studio in your home, and so is everybody else. The reporters around the world can get paid for their stories uh, that are used. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like if you're doing a good job as a reporter in Syria, you can make more money because more and more people are using your news story. Um, you know, is it subscription-based? Is it partly donation-based? Is mm -hmm. it kind of a charity? Is it funded by the government? I think all of those are possible. I think yeah. this idea of the, when I say democratization <laughs> that's the word, mm -hmm. of news is that it is kind of like that. It's like we, we it can't be a, about money, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain things in our society that just the, the capitalistic idea really doesn't work in the extreme, sure. like education, you know, or or, or prisons. Markets are really You're, great for some things, but there's other things where it's like, mm, is it really the, the best yeah. way to go? In and you need a balance, certainly. Sure. I mean, there's, there's Absolutely. I, I'm a full on capitalist, but Same I know here. that there's a, it's more of a socialistic idea where it's a balance between government and uh, business and the people. You know, and socialism gets a bad rap. I know I use that word. And I just want to say that everybody in our government and mostly on news is using this incorrectly. America mm -hmm. is a socialistic country. And it's been proven so many times, even by the Republicans, by the fact that Teddy Roosevelt um, in the early 1900s went up against, uh, you know, Morgan and uh, Andrew Carnegie and all these guys that were literally destroying everybody's lives and the country mm -hmm. in their pursuit of endless money. Uh, they stopped them from that. And the idea that we have roads, we, we pay taxes to uh, fund our, our police, our um, our military, uh, you know what I mean? All these things, that, that is socialism. So the, socialism isn't bad. The idea mm -hmm. of government, business, and the people all working together is the greatest uh, invention of all of human history. Anybody that says that they just want pure capitalism doesn't understand that capitalism is only economic. Uh, socialism, 
uh, communism are both economic and uh, governmental, right? Mm -hmm. So in the idea of socialism in uh, governmental, it means that it's a combination of the, the people doing stuff, business doing stuff, um, and you know, the government doing things. But in the idea of, of you know, pure capitalism, that's just business. So mm -hmm. we've tried this idea of just, I don't know, I don't know why people believe that just because you're super rich or something, you have a lot of money that you automatically know what to do that's right. It's been proven mm -hmm. over and over that that is such not, no, not true. And more likely, a lot of these people will become corrupted and do the wrong things uh, if there are no checks and balances. So the whole idea of, of government and business working together is to find this right balance. And it's the balance that matters. It can't be too much government that goes you know, to communism. That's horrible. It's like a dictatorships and all the rest of that, right? It's uh, the, the socialistic governments are democracies and republics and parliamentary democracies and all those kind of things where it's of the people, right? So, you know, for, for us to evolve, I think, as a, as a human race, we all have to kind of understand these things. It's, it's not that hard. What we're doing is we're being manipulated by leaders that are trying to twist these things in a way to make you uh, see that everybody that doesn't say what they're saying is against you so that you can follow me and I can have power. The true leaders, right, are about helping yeah. the people understand the truth and they would follow them because they're doing the right thing not because they're being manipulated. And we have a lot of false leaders today. They're under, and, and we've had them you know, throughout all, all of our human history. They know what to say and how to say it uh, to manipulate us, but they're really lying you know, and cheating and, and misleading us. So it's this, this fight throughout all of humanity is vice versus virtue. It's good versus evil. It's not red versus blue or you versus me, right? It's this, this uh, humanity's ability to join together and become our best people, right, against mm -hmm. the people that are trying to divide us and use us and destroy everything. And what I don't really understand, and I look at the history as like how many times, and again, it's, it seems mostly men, but there are women that do this too, but that, that they fail at this. I mean, it seems like corruption is, is like so unbelievably intense at the high levels uh, that it's almost like 80 to 90 percent if you reach a high enough level, you're going to become corrupted. You know what I mean? You're going to, mm -hmm. you're going to become this horrible human being and start power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where the idea of checks and balances come in. That's what makes, um, yeah, I know America's got its problems and we started off in a weird place or whatever, but you know, it started off in a world that was so much worse than, than no matter what America started like. And we've come so far in these, you know, couple hundred years, it is, throughout all of human history, you know what I mean? It's like women have equal rights. Uh, you know, all people are equal. All of these ideals have been, uh, you know, kind of hinted at throughout history, but it was all kings and queens and hierarchies and, you know, war, death to you and kill everybody in the city type realities uh, for all of human history before now, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, um, while we're the shining light on the hill, it's always this idea that there's always further to go. And that's like the seventh step in the book is, is uh, perfect. And it's the idea of, yes, there may be certain things in our society and our life that are perfect, but we need to maintain them to keep them good. But we also need to, to embrace the idea that we need to constantly improve. Uh, nothing in this world is uh, perfect. You know, we, we as humans are kind of like the, you know, we're filled in a, in a, in a universe of entropy, right? Everything's mm -hmm. going down to this destruction and, um, mm. disorder. 
we're kind of like the anti-entropy beings, right? We're trying to make order out of chaos. We're trying to fix the, you know, the wrongness and make it right. We're trying to, yep. you know, better ourselves. We have this flaw in us. People call it the original sin. I call it almost a gift because it, again, allows us to have uh, some type of choice mm -hmm. and free will. Um, without that, I mean, we would be puppets. So it's like either we're going to embrace this whole idea of what and who we are and, um, and, and make a society out of it. And like I said, it seems to me like we've been trying to do this forever. That's the idea of checks and balances. You know we're flawed. We know we can be corrupted, but then we make systems to help stop that from happening. That's what, that's what makes us a noble species in one way, because it's knowing that, you're, that you can fail and taking steps to stop that from happening. Um, you know, that, how do I say this? that makes, you, uh, makes humanity kind of like a step beyond. Because we're not mm -hmm. accepting of this, we we want to become better, and we don't. We know that we can't, so we take steps to to make this, you know, in our society. And to me, that's a that's a that's a wonderful wonderful quality. And I think that's what's potentially going to save us, because we can all kind of realize certain things and then build a society and a life that integrates them into our life every day. You know, what I mean, we're nobody we don't, who wants to grow up and be corrupted you know what i mean who, i want to i want to grow up and become a horrible human being and you know what i mean it's like nobody nobody if you take all the most horrible human beings in the world that's ever existed and you bring them you know back to their baby state and you put them all in a room would you want to kill them all or would you want to help them all become better people you know what i mean if you can't feel sorry for all the misled and the um uh, you know, the people that are ignorant and doing the wrong things and just don't know, or it, that's where it all starts. It's this idea of seeing people as you would, of treating people as you would want to be treated and as equals. And if you can really feel that, then everybody that is being lied to and manipulated, uh, being forced into wars and hatred, I feel sorry for. I mean, the, the sickness of superiority uh, to where you're, you're hateful and disdainful and you know, you want to just wipe out all those people and kill them. That is, that is horrible. <laughs> you know, that is, that is really, really, really sad, mm -hmm. you know, and I've talked to so many men that think it's strength, you know, it's strong to look down on people and to talk bad and do all this stuff. It's like, no, dude, that's not strength. That's such weakness. And you are so lost. You know what I mean? I, I want to help these people and they, they don't, it doesn't have to be this way. You know what I mean? It's like everybody, every child in the world, if they were raised correctly, could be the best person they can be. They just, if you don't have the right knowledge, you don't have the right education, you're taught hatred, you're taught prejudice, you know what I mean, twisted values, uh, you know, you don't have, you don't develop a good uh, empathy and sympathy for people and all the rest of these things that you need as a kid, it's gonna mess you up. And you just look at our society and how many confused people there are, you know, it's just, it's so obvious what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to go back for just a second here sure. to mention a couple of things. Um, one of them was, you know, as far as fixing the news, there's a couple of things that I like, um, which is, um, you know, I like this one app called News Voice, which is, you know, new, different news art, news uh, headlines are submitted with a little uh, summary. And then down the bottom, it'll have all the sources for where the news article came from. It'll say CNN, left wing, Fox News, right wing. It says all the different sources there, which I think is a great way to, you know, yeah. just show different perspectives or also as far as, you know, uh, you know, from news uh, presenters, you know, I like, uh, you know, the Hills, Crystal and Sagar, which is, you know, she's obviously, she's Crystal uh, Ball is on the left and 
uh, Sagar in Jedi is on the right, you know, but you know they have, do a good job, you know, presenting different uh, news uh, news to get together from a, a fairly balanced way. And so, you know, and also, you know, just podcasts, which is just a great way to instead of just hearing all these little sound clips of people out of context, you can hear like yeah. the whole conversation all together. You know, I think that's why people are flocking to things like the Joe Rogan experience where they can hear all these different ideas, um, you know, within, yeah. within their proper I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we're all kind of woken up and sick of this, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I talked to a lot of people. We can tell that the, the news isn't right. You know, mm -hmm. you may not know the solution to fix it, but I think that's the, the first step in fixing any of these problems is for us all to uh, know the wrongness. You can't fix something if you don't know what's wrong. You know what I mean? And if we know something is wrong, you, me, you know, put a bunch of smart people in the room and, and democratize it, you know, put everybody to vote on and figure this out. We'll come up with a million ideas on how to fix this. And we'll boil down to five or 10. Maybe it's not just one news organization. Maybe it's three. You know, I, I hate this idea that news somehow is, is biased you know, conservative or that's not news to me. It's like, if you're lying or manipulating the facts or hiding and shading and, you know, massaging or whatever you're doing to portray it as a right or left issue, I think that's half our problem right there. It's like things happen. This is what happened. That's news. It's not, this is what happened. The kind of the, the horrible Democrats today did, you know, the, the, you know, whatever the, QAnon uh, Republican Party, you know, it's like these hateful phrases that are used over and over. And you know, mm -hmm. it's just so, I'm so tired of this, this whole, like, we're all a bunch of sheep. We must manipulate them. We must whip them and doing what we want. You know, it's like, who are these leaders? I want to say to you guys, if you want to really gain power, if anybody can hear me that has massive power, we can fix this whole world in a matter of weeks and days. I mean, there are a billion people were connected, uh, billions of people connected like we've never been before. There's more free money than there is before. You don't need to do this to us. If you want to become really powerful and loved, you will help us instead of trying to put your thumb over us. The, the most powerful people that are doing uh, the wrongness right now can become some of the best people in the world. It's, it's like, I don't know, it's like sometimes we have to be burned to learn. Sometimes we we have to uh, be shaken to awaken. You know, sometimes you have to do the wrong before you can do the right. If you're in a position of ultimate power and you know you're kind of stuck in this corruption, you know that it's wrong, you know all this stuff. I'm telling you, there are ways to fix this where you can come out of this and be loved for you exposing the wrongness, for you changing your mind, for you helping us. Um, and it doesn't have to be this way. You can, I, I think there's this misunderstanding that, that some leaders have where they feel like they have to manipulate us to get us to do what they want. And to me, it's like the complete opposite is true. If you would tell us the truth and show us the way that we can actually fix these things, instead of trying to manipulate us, uh, I, I believe you'd have a lot more followers. You know, that's what you're saying. People are flocking to these podcasts because they mm -hmm. want to hear, they want the truth for God's sake. I'm so sick of being manipulated and like, oh, the masses must be, you know, you know, handled in this way it's like we're people you know we're like you and you're like us the only difference is you have some uh, some power you know the the problems in the world right now all of them for the billions of us are really caused by probably what 30 to 50 people mm -hmm. you think about it just picture sure. some of the most major leaders of the world and, sure. and the leaders of a bunch of corporations um it's not that many 
You know what I mean? It's really not. And you're like, what is the problem, guys? I mean, seriously, what the? It's can you not realize? Some of these problems are pretty easily fixed. (laughs) Well, they are, and it's just because these these leaders have have this false understanding that it's some type of horrible competition where you must lose for me to win. You know, this this zero sum game mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we all lose if any of us lose. You must realize that if anybody on this planet is oppressed and, and uh, you know, manipulated to the point of hatred and all the rest, it's gonna ruin it for the rest of us. I mean, what was it, five, 10, whatever guys and, uh, you know, took down the towers in those planes? Mm-hmm. It wasn't an army, you know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. 50,000 or 100,000 million people came and, no, it was like mm-hmm. a few guys that were pissed off. You know, it's like some guy with a gun, you know, just gonna walk into a room and just destroy everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. This, this idea that any of us are independent and, you know, oh, just let everybody do what they want is ridiculous. We're not an island. You're not unto yourself. Okay. We are our brother's keepers. Our brother, if he's going to go astray, you need to stop him. You need to help him. You know what I mean? You don't go and aid him in his corruption. You know, it's like, I look at, uh, talk with police officers or people in the military. Nobody that I've spoken with wants corrupt officers, right? But everybody or some of them know who they are but they tolerate them because again, there's this idea of this tribal mentality. You get into a, it could be you know, military police, it could be EMTs, you know, it could be a lot of different intense situations. These people become like your brothers, your family. You've been through mm-hmm. so many hardships together. Uh, you you, you want to back them up. And if they do things wrong, sometimes you, you will cover it up. You know, you, oh dude, don't do that again. They do it again. Oh, it's okay. You know, keep it quiet. We can't let anybody know it's the blue line. You know, it's, like in, this happens in faiths too. Look at the corruption mm-hmm. in, the, yeah. in the Catholic Church with, uh, you know, the, the the molesting of children. Oh, let's just move the priest. Shh, don't tell anybody. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. no. You, if you do that, you are literally becoming corrupt. You're helping the corrupt cover up their stuff. You're helping the corrupt uh, do their deeds. If you really want to help the people, you need to help them not become corrupted. You need to help them become better people. Right? That's the true line. Right. If you if you help your brothers in arms that are corrupted, all you're doing is spreading corruption. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. like goes against the oath uh, that that you take when you join the military, you join uh, the Congress, you take an oath. All of these things are about virtues. It's about do you, you know, say your name. Will you uphold these virtues? And you say yes. So if you go against that, what happens? That means you are corrupted. And again, this. This idea of how we become better people, how we fall to the dark side. There's a lot of people in life, you know, even when when people do nothing, they do the wrong things. Um, and it's not just, and again, people say evil wins when they do nothing. It's not just nothing. It's also when we do the wrong things. You know, there's a lot of good people in life uh, and most of the horrors in the world have been happened. And I want to say this. About every evil that we see that happens in the world are done by people that are thinking they are doing good. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like the people yeah. that are blowing themselves up. They thought they were doing good. And you know, the, the towers, the, the crusades, oh, we're honoring God slaying all these people in their houses. You know what I mean? It's like as twisted as it gets, nobody who's doing these mass evils really is thinking they're doing evil, right? Exactly. Even, uh, World War II. I mean, uh, uh, you listen to Hitler's speeches. It wasn't like, we're the evil nation. We're going to you know, embrace Satan. And what? No, it's we're saving the world and Christ is this. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when Google's uh, uh, terms of service used to just say, don't be evil. 
It's like nobody <laughs> right. thinks nobody thinks that they're evil. So everybody's going to think they're following the rules. Of course. And that's like I said, that's how the greatest evils are done. So, you know, the problem with humanity is that we we all want to be good and we think we're good. We think we know the truth because we're kind of like that. We want to be our best. Right. It's very hard because especially if you're not taught properly to embrace your wrongness. I mean, the only way you can improve yourself is to see what's wrong with you. Right. So in the book, I, I not only go through all that, but I show you how to, you can do a review of your life. You can find mm -hmm. all these hidden wrongnesses and fix them and all that. Um, but that, that idea that you could take responsibility for your life to become the best person you can be, as well as to help other people um, in the way that you interact with them and the society in the right way is a big deal. You know what I mean? Instead of bullying a kid, what if you back them up? What if you, Hey man, you know, I got your back. You know, I mean, you know how much that would have meant to me as a kid? Just one, one kid. Hey, shh, don't laugh at him. Let him leave. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I mean, I think I would have started crying at that moment, you know, in a good way, being somebody who liked you and it was helping you instead of just tormenting you all the time. Um, so these little interactions, uh, being polite, um, you know, helping each other out, all are part of like our, our grander mission. You know, it's like, if you don't treat other people as you would want to be treated in that situation, uh, and as equals, those two things alone, uh, those are the um, fourth and fifth law within step four of the way, um, those two things alone can change this world. I mean, George Floyd, uh, it's murder, could never have happened, right? You're not mm -hmm. doing that to somebody if you're treating that person as an equal and as you would want sure. to be treated yeah. in that situation. The same thing with most of the horrors in our society, uh, with businesses, what they're doing, you know, respect life, treat others as you would want to be treated and as equal, those three things alone. Are we destroying our world? No, we're respecting life. We're taking care of it. If we thrive, we need our world thriving, right? Uh, you know, treating people like, I don't know. It just kind of gets me like, like there's any question, you know, in religion and in science, we agree that we're one human family, right? In science, mm -hmm. it's 99.9% .9 of our uh, genes are the same, you know, our mm -hmm. DNA. Yep. You know, we, we can actually trace our ancestors back. Look up genetic Adam and Eve, if you want more mm -hmm. on this, but two, mm -hmm. Uh, progenitors way back about 150,000 years ago. And then in, in religion, right, God created everything and everybody. So religion mm -hmm. and, um, and science agree that we're one human family. So why is it that we are so hateful? And if you, again, it's like with the anti-vax thing, um, they have legitimate concerns, right? There are some of these vaccines that were tainted. There are some vaccines that maybe shouldn't be given uh, to children's immune systems so quickly. You know what I mean? Like these, these are legitimate things. Look at uh, the, uh, the supremacist movements all over the world. You know, you'd have Asian supremacists, white supremacists, uh, Indian supremacists, you name it, there's supremacists everywhere. Right? Yeah. And every time you look at what they're saying, they're, they're afraid. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, a lot of times it comes down to fear and they're like, they're losing something. Mm -hmm. you know, and, or somebody's taking something from them. And usually behind there, there's some twisted leader, right? Mm -hmm. That's like trying to make them and gain power and has some hateful ideology. But when you talk to these people, and I've talked to a number of them, I've talked to some of the most horrible people that most people would say, you know, murderers, you know, gang members, whatever, it doesn't matter. These people are human beings and they would love their people too. They may be more barbarian level or savage level, you know, mm -hmm. in their way they deal with the world. That means they're them and theirs are all they give a shit about. But it's not like they're not human. And to dismiss them is a disservice to ourselves. You know, we yeah. need to help people see, you know, how is it? 
you can't keep throwing mud and shade on everybody and expect them to listen to you. You know, if I come up to you and say, hey, you stupid, uh, you know, hateful human being, you're, you're so wrong and everything. I want you to sit down and listen to me and then you're gonna be my friend. It's like, what are you saying? You know what I mean? It's like, nobody, if you use violence on somebody, they're gonna, they're gonna uh, not like you for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you throw a bottle at a police officer and you want the police officers to change, it's not really gonna happen. They're gonna be pissed off yeah. right, that you just threw a bottle at me and cracked my head open and I'm not gonna be listening to you. Um, the same is true with all of us. You know, if I call mm -hmm. you names and then say, now let's sit down and be my friend, it's like, are you insane? That's, um, that's why I think, I think Daryl Davis has, has done a lot of good work. You know, he's, uh, he's a black man that uh, for many years, he's, you know, he's gone in, he, he like, in, he like goes into these KKK groups and he, you know, he, he meets these people and he talks with them and he's ended up converting a lot of them away from, you know, white supremacy. Instead, just by talking with them, you exactly. know, and that's what understanding I'm them and, you know, give them a hug. Exactly. You know, most of the time when these, the biggest problems in the world uh, that I've seen are most, they're, they're so easy to like push over and fix because they're based on falseness. You know, it's like if your whole ideology is based on lies and misunderstandings and manipulations and half truths, you know what I mean? When you're showed the actual truth, it's like, it's undeniable. You know, it's mm -hmm. like showing somebody that's a slave, uh, you could be free. It's like, like they're never going to, like they're going to forget freedom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, it's truth. I want, I want this. So it's like for us as a society with uh, the white supremacy, again, can you not feel sorry for these poor kids that are being raised to hate and feel this, this fear and, 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 and uh, be manipulated in this way? Of course, that's where it all starts. And once you can feel sorry for somebody, you can, um, also join with people like on both sides, like they're doing like in, um, I want to say in the Middle East, you know, they're so sick of this war. And like, I've seen these groups where Palestinians and, and Jewish people, uh, mostly women join together and they're like, we're sick of this. We just need to have this stop. Well, I want my children, you want your children to grow up in a better world where we're not through all this hate and violence and horror and everything else. So how do we fix this? You know, and, and it's understanding that, again, we're all human there. If you can't love every human being on this planet, as a baby, just think about it like that. Don't think about the adults when you're having problems with people. Think about it like, okay, what happened to this kid? You know, this poor guy when he was raised, why did he become a murderer? Why? Mm -hmm. Why did he become a whatever? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, there are reasons for this. And if we know those reasons, we can fix our society so hopefully they don't happen again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, um, I, know, I studied a lot of psychology and child psychology and uh, there's, there's different personalities of children and certain children need a lot more correcting, especially boys a lot of times, um, then, and if they don't get that correction, they, they, don't, they don't have self-control. You know what I mean? They don't, and, and you can see these, like these bullies, uh, people that don't have real self-control later in life are the ones that get in fights all the time. They end up in jail. They uh, have bad relationships. They can't hold a job. They, you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like, if we don't take the basis of what it is to be human and build in these best practices and these virtues into the way we raise our kids, uh, we're going to have all these problems over and over again throughout history. You know what I mean? It's like, we're born ignorant. So if we don't perfect this raising of our kids, uh, we are going to keep repeating all these problems. And that's where I keep saying, it. it's like, everything comes back to the, the problem and the solution are in the same place. So raised ignorant, uh, I mean, we're born ignorant. We need our society and our um, 
caregivers to give us a good start, right? So we need to create a better society, create a better society. We need to become better people to become better people. We all need to get on the same page when it comes to the foundations and then join together in a way that allows us to make these changes. And I'm talking just the basics. I'm not talking fringe issues. I'm talking humanity, you know, working. Uh, and then we can deal with all the other issues beyond that. But, and that's kind of where it all starts. And that's why I've kind of given my life for this. You know, I, I'm not, I want to say the two that this isn't about me. Okay, I, I honestly, if people say, oh, you're doing this for money, you're doing this for whatever reason. I'm not really, I, I have, I literally have a startup that's probably as big or bigger than Facebook and Google in my, in the wings right now. I have so many other businesses that are ready to go um, that can help this world. This whole point of this book, and the only reason I wrote this right now, and I've been trying to do it for so long, in 2015, let me just tell this, I was uh, sorting out the beginning and ending of this much grander work, right? It was uh, these, uh, I call it the book. It's got, you know, society, uh, self, uh, universe, and God. It's broken up these four sections. And I'm, I'm sorting through it, and I keep seeing my references to, this is key to true success. This is key to true success. And I put all these keys together, and I'm I'm massaging them and I put them in the right order. And it was literally like a secret code got unlocked. I, I was blown away. I saw how so much of the knowledge I had found over these years uh, fit into the way and how simple I really, our whole life really it boils down to, like I said, about integrating virtues, uh, right versus wrong. Um, you know, how we work as human beings, all these different aspects. I wrote for three days straight without much sleep or doing anything else. I learned what obsession really, really meant at that point. I couldn't do anything else. I lost relationships over this. I've, I've spent weekends and days. Not, I didn't lose relationships because I was neglecting um, my, my, the women I was dating. It was just that they, they wanted more and more of my time and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't afford to spend it because I was so, so into figuring out how to write this. So it took me five years to get this done. Even after I had this horrible experience with my publisher and kind of pretty much ripped me off, I still was able to get it done. And, this, like I said, it's kind of consumed my life because it's not, it's not me. It's like, if you found the, the solution for ending cancer, right? It'd be like, it's like, it's not really, it's not me, man. I, I want to stop cancer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's really what I want to do. And it's the same thing in this world. It's like, we have to fix the cancer of humanity, this wrongness and make it right. And I did find what humanity is, uh, has found is our solutions to this. And I kind of put all the little pieces together and in the right order. And like I said, it just was like, we need to all know these things. And, um, and if I'm missing anything, I'll add it. And if there's something better, I would join it. The only reason I did this is because I, I, I've never seen anything like this. And I don't think anybody else has either. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said something earlier that reminded me of the clubhouse situation. Are you aware of this or the clubhouse? Yes. It's a, it's a new social media app. And instead of text, instead of text-based posts, what it is, is these little voice voice rooms that people go into and uh, you'll have all sorts of people that are actually like talking together in these different rooms it's like an ex an, it's an exclusive thing you can only be on clubhouse if you get an invite from a current member okay. and the new york times did this one article that was criticizing it uh calling it you know it's a, saying that it was you know it was desc describing it in a negative way uh with its uh quote unquote uh, unfettered conversations and so, you know, it's God forbid all, anybody should have an unfair you know, it, it, talk, it talks, it talks about everything, everything from, uh, from, uh, you know, what was it the, the New York Times mentioned it, it has conversations ranging from cosmic poetry to um, 
lack of lack of uh, LGBT diversity in Bollywood movies to um, that's great, you know, to uh, you know, all sorts of different, you know, a bunch of celebrities are on there. Elon Musk is on there, um, oh. you know, uh, Brett Weinstein and all sorts of people, um, comedians, but also, but you know, it's you know, it's this way that you know people are starting to resort to all these different other ways to connect with people and get these yeah. different ideas out that they're just not hearing other places. So, yeah. And I think that's the evolution of humanity. You know, when I, when I see this, it's like either it's this idea that for some reason the leaders have to do everything and it's top down, but really society is driven by people up. It's the masses. And if you look at all of human history, it's like, we always get to this point where uh, for some reason the leaders get corrupted and whatever, and we have to overthrow them. Right. I mean, it's like everywhere, all throughout our history, uh, pretty much every society has gotten to the point where for some reason the the people that lead us get so separated from what the people are and then we overthrow them we put in our the people that know right and then 20 50 100 years go by and now there's another revolution because they mm -hmm. become corrupted so how do we create a system where uh we can have better leaders that don't become corrupted and mm -hmm. to me it all came down to these founding um uh values you know one of the biggest epiphanies I had when I was writing this book, I was deep into Freud and Jung and all the other mm -hmm. uh, mentalists. And, you know, there's this big, big fight in, in psychology back in the day. Uh, Skinner, I think was one um, where it's like you change your mind, you change who you are you, or you change your physical activities. It changes who you are. The truth is, it's both of those things. Right. Um, but when I was reading all of this, it came down to uh, I can't remember the exact phrase, but Freud used and it kind of clicked to me because all of our faiths all of our uh, uh, psychology, the whole point of life, you know, is become a better, better person, right? And um, create a better society, go to heaven, uh, that kind of thing. But it all boils down to these core values because it's like your core values are what determine um, what you, uh, what, how you act every day, how you see the world, what you do. You know what I mean? These core values determine uh, who you become and who humanity becomes. The problem is that most of us don't know what these are or we only have a couple, but they're not complete. They don't cover all of life. And when I studied humanity, I found that there are about 10 laws that do cover all of life that will act as a compass, as a guide, and will allow you to navigate any situation you're in. And I put those in the book. Um, and those were one of the, actually, those are one of the first things I discovered, like when I had this big spiritual experience when I was like 19 years old, uh, once I was given these 10 laws, I don't know, shown the 10 laws, I, I don't know, discovered them, however you want to say it. And um, it, it really does kind of fix a lot of the problems. And that's, it's like, like I said, I keep repeating, treating people as you would want to be treated as equals, respecting life. The purpose of life is to become your true self, live a true life and go to heaven. The purpose of our society is to become a true society. Um, those are just the five, but those basics uh, kind of determine all of who you are. You know what I mean? It's like my purpose in life, a purpose of our society, what I'm supposed to be doing every day, how I'm supposed to treat the world, how I'm supposed to treat the universe, how I'm supposed to treat other people. You know, it's like, those are the basics. So everything else we do kind of can build out from there. And I don't feel like our leaders have a grasp on some of these things. I mean, even the, the most hardcore religious leaders don't have this. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. and every one of our faiths has gotten so fractured they've gotten so far away from what the messenger has had, was trying to communicate sometimes it's just it's mind-boggling 
you know, to me. Um, mm -hmm. And just to be clear, when I look at this, like God, you have God, then you have the organizations that we manifested on this planet uh, to kind of speak to this idea of the divine uh, religion, right? Then we have the messengers. Those are the, the first people like Abraham and Muhammad and Christ that kind of had their message. And then there's the, uh, the books, right? There's always books or some type of mm -hmm. writings or, or uh, information. All of those things are separate. You know, God is God. God is not a book. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the people of the past are not God. You know, I mean, people believe that Jesus Christ is part God or, or a representation of God. Um, but at the same time, God, uh, Christ is human. So we as a people have to realize that our organizations, I don't care what it is, can be flawed. It, we're flawed. You know, we can become corrupted. So can our organizations. There is... There, the, the challenge within our faiths is not to give up our, our, uh, our intellect or our, our soul or our conscience. I mean, how much conscience do you have to give up to go and start murdering people in the name of Christ? Um, you know what I mean? It's like we can't go against our higher ideals to follow a faith. The faith, if it's doing that, has become twisted. You mm -hmm. know, it's like not everything that is uh, of a of a of an organization is good you know what i mean it's like the catholic church just look at that mm -hmm. with the child molestation, uh, molestation thing i mean that's been going on it's not just now i mean it's been on thousands and thousands of years i mean it goes back to the roman times when that used to be something they used to do you know what i mean the romans uh used to have sex with boys it's kind of a yep. weird thing right and then the yep. the church took over the roman you know the holy roman catholic church and all of that I mean, it's just kind of been pervasive. Uh, so the question is, like I said, it's like, how do we fix all of this? You know, it's like, it's so deep, it's so rooted, but it's also very simple because if you adhere to these core values, you can do any of these things, you know? You just couldn't. It's not, you know, we couldn't be destroying the world if we respected uh, life and, you know, what kind of caregivers are we? Uh, all of that idea, you know what I mean? We couldn't treat people this way. So in my belief, is the most powerful position on our planet are the caregivers, are the moms, you know, the dads, especially moms a lot of times. Um, but, or if there isn't a mom, that's, that's the person that are raising this kid. Because if we raise good children, we'll create better leaders. If we raise good children, we'll create a better society. You can't legislate your way into morality. You have to create the want to be good. You know what I mean? If, you're, if the only thing that's stopping people from murdering each other is your horrible laws you know, that you're going to torture them and all this, what kind of society do you have? You know what I mean? It's like you want to create a society where people don't want to murder each other. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of the idea. You, you want them to feel like they want to help each other. So that's the question. You know, how do we, how do we uh, fix our society um, so that, yeah, sure, we have all these laws, but people aren't breaking the law. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How do we yep. end desperation and want and worry and all of those kind of things? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think this, this gets into, my, into the next thing I want to mention. And uh, I'm going to read a few lines from a song. And I think uh, this, my next question will be pretty evident from, the, the, from this. Okay, cool. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. Don't hurt me no more. Uh, I don't know why well, you're not there. I give you my love, but you don't care. So what is right and what is wrong? Give me a sign. So what is love? Oh, you know, love is uh, kind of a double-edged sword in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's what is at the foundation of 
kind of everything we hold sacred, right? But it, if it's like that song lyric said, if it's not returned, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Now, I've lost loved ones in my life. And uh, I've also loved people that didn't love me back. I've had people love me where I didn't love them. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of trauma <laughs> you know, and emotion and uh, anger, self-doubt. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that can come up during that, uh, during those episodes. But again, I think let's, let's talk love as the general idea of a virtue first and how it molds our society. The, the love that a mother, I use a mother a lot, uh, parents and caregivers feel mm -hmm. for their kids um, is unique and especially a mother's love. I mean, this idea that, that you would lay down your life for your child, uh, mm -hmm. you want them to have a better life than you have when you watch them doing whatever, your, your heart is breaking as much as you're happy and smiling, you know, this, that, that feeling of outright, um, uh, what do I wanna say, like desire for them to have everything, but also to become their best, they overcome challenges, I think is at the center of what humanity is. That's what we feel for ourselves. And we all are totally valuable. You know, I mean, we're all unique. We're all awesome, you know, especially if we can be become our best people. So when you are in a relationship and that's not returned, it feels like, hey, I'm an awesome person and you don't see it and it hurts, right? Or if you love somebody, they don't, they don't return it. Um, you know, again, this is a training ground, this whole setup, this universe we're in, uh, preparing us for a greater reality. For you to love, you must a lot of times feel what it's like not to be loved. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for you to appreciate what you have, sometimes you must have it taken away. So for us as beings, um, being brought up as, you know, kind of like in the image of God without all the knowledge and wisdom, but to have the capacity and the abilities to love and um, have knowledge and uh, all these different aspects of what it is to be human, we have to experience some of these things. So you, you can't look at some of this as it's uh, the way that it is, <laughs> how do I say, that it's always true, right? Like you, you are a, a wonderful human being. Just because that person doesn't love you doesn't mean that you're not a wonderful human being. Mm -hmm. And they feel that way when you're going mm -hmm. through it, right? Because you want to die, you feel horrible, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, but the reality hasn't changed. The, the only thing that's changed is that that person um, doesn't feel that way about you in the way that you want them to. So a lot of this too is to be able to teach our kids how to cope, you know, properly with these downturns in life. You know, it's like a, I, I have a video, there's, it's all covered in the book, but I'm doing, I have done a series of videos. Uh, one of them is how to overcome negative thinking, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And I did that because I've been through a lot of traumatic things that kind of led me down that path um, kind of naturally. And it's, it's like when you go through a, a, a huge loss, whether it's, you lose a loved one, whether they die um, or you just lose them because they find somebody else or they cheat on you or whatever it may be. Um, it's having these, these coping skills that allow you to become a better person through that because there's a huge amount of energy that is being generated. And I talk about this in the book, especially in the mm -hmm. second. The second book is about the foundations of life and a lot about how you can uh, use different energy sources through your practice. And the idea is you can see people in life that have the most horrible experiences that use that experience to make them a better person. You can see the same type of people that have the same type of horrible experience and it destroys them, right? 
you can see the guy that, that goes through a breakup and he'll go to the gym every day. He'll wake up early. He'll do this. And another guy will lay around and drink himself to death and stay up all night. You know what I mean? And do that kind of stuff. These habits, these ingrained ways that we respond are what will make or break us. And these are the challenges of life. You know, that's why I'm saying it, it matters how we raise our kids because the guy that's laying around drinking himself and staying up all late and missing work because he's broke up with his girlfriend versus the guy that's working out, trying to make himself a better person, all that. What is the difference? You know I mean, what is the crux of that issue? It goes way back, right? It goes way back to learning some type of coping mechanism. Sometimes mm -hmm. it just goes back into watching how your parents uh, dealt with it. Like nobody taught mm -hmm. them anything. It was just, the problem is that that was the problem. Nobody taught them how to deal with this properly. So for me, um, like the song lyrics, like you said, it's like love is, is a two-edged sword, right? It's, it could be wonderful, but it can also destroy you if you let it, you know? And I, I've experienced that loss um, and it's, how do I say this? It's like, you can take, there's obviously, if you're, if you're in love with somebody and you see something good in them, um, you can take something from that, even if it's not returned, because your capacity to love somebody else and to feel that is a wonderful thing. So don't, you know, no matter what you're going through, you can look at your experience as valuable. And sometimes, like I said, it, it may feel like it's horrible, but if you use it correctly, it can make you a better person. You know, and also these are tests in life. Sometimes we fail the tests in life. Sometimes you might have all these little lessons, like your mom might say, you know, make sure you buckle your seatbelt. Uh, mm -hmm. You may get a little, oh, I almost got in an accident. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. and you never put your seatbelt on. And then you're in this horrible accident, like two days later, or a month later, and you didn't listen. You know what I mean? And you were through this. So it's just like, like I said, this whole life is about you trying to figure out how you can become the best person you can be, no matter what the obstacles are. And if we show people how they can handle any type of situation um, and show love to one another, just in generally through our daily lives, not like intimate love, but just friendship, love, being nice you know, mm -hmm. as a human being, uh, it's going to make all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th that gets into the next thing that I want to ask about, which is uh, meditation and mindfulness. So okay, cool. what, are, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on this like in the sure. book or how it applies yeah. to, yeah. Absolutely. Um, just to know where this fits into the way. The, the way is mm -hmm. broken up into three books. So I have the way, uh, the life manual and the child and family guide. The life manual, within step five of the way, there's this whole thing about the foundations of life and how it uh, covers different aspects. And part of that is how we train ourselves, right? Our bodies, our minds, emotions, and spirit. And it breaks it all down. I couldn't cover it all in the first book because this book would have been so huge. So I put all that information in the second book. Um, but on my website, 7WAYME, that's the number 7, W-A-Y dot M-E, there's a section for downloads for the book. And within there, there's this meditation um, uh, guide. And I'm just going to walk you through this. There's two pages to it. I always put the, the first pages uh, utilized in one of the meditations. But the second page has all, five different ways to meditate on it. And I'm going to go through those right now. Um, and, and generally, the whole idea here is we meditate to control our minds. Okay. Um, I started meditating when I was pretty young. I had a lot of issues, obviously. I got into Eastern philosophy, uh, meditation, uh, yoga, all that kind of stuff, martial arts, obviously, when I was really young. And what I learned was you can control your mind to the point where, uh, let, let me, before this happened, okay, let me go back. 
when I was a kid, you know, it's like your mind is running all the time and, you know, it's like TV, right? It's just changing stations. You really kind of have no control of it. Uh, when I learned how to meditate, I went to this Zen retreat and I was on this uh, second, third day or something and something happened in my brain. Like it was, it, I, I remember this completely because before that moment, it was like that. It was like I had no control. But when you do Zen meditation, which is one of these, and I'll get into the different ones, um, you learn how to stop your mind, right? It's like from all this craziness. And it's, it's, a, it's a profound thing because you're now able to hear and think like your real self. And um, that's kind of the point to meditation is to get you to the point where you control your mind. It's not controlling you. You control your emotions. They don't control you. You know what I mean? You, you control uh, who you are. So let's just talk about this. There's different aspects to this. Um, when you meditate, let's just talk about the position. Uh, meditation isn't about pain. I know people are like, you've got to be in this lotus position and all this stuff. No, you don't. You, you want to be in a, you should be able to meditate in any position, uh, no matter what it is. So if it's laying down, if it's sitting down, I actually use a, uh, what they call a meditation stool. So mm -hmm. You can see this here. You just kind of sit on this on the floor. You put a pad underneath and you, uh, you, you meditate. Yeah, I just sit on a chair. You sit on a chair. Mm -hmm. I can't sit, just so I, that's why I'm standing because of my car accidents I was in. I mm -hmm. have a really hard time sitting in an L okay. position. Okay. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I lay down, I, may, I sit on my stool and that kind of thing. Um, and then the idea is you do different types of breathing techniques to kind of help you. you can, there's a bunch of them listed here, deep hold, slow in and out, these kind of different techniques. So the first uh, basic form of meditation is what they call mindfulness mindfulness you've heard this mm -hmm. uh, mindfulness like being present let's just talk about that for a second because it's i think it's misunderstood a lot of times in our society what it really means is what you're trying to do is just be present in this moment you're going to separate all the things you have to do right that's beyond this moment and all the things that you have done that's behind you right you're just going to put all that out i call it in the book we talk about my time where you have time for yourself you can think and do whatever you want this is one of those moments of my time. So when you're meditating, this first level is for you just to be conscious of yourself in this one state, right? And you do that through your breathing. You just focus on your breathing. You can do that. You can focus on a light in front of you, like a candle. You can close your eyes and focus on just the light in your mind. That's it. Just picture the sun and just sit with that for a second. And what that's doing for you, if you're, if you're finding that really hard, that's, that's the issue, right? You're, it's like a muscle. You're trying to stop this mind from going in all these other directions. So you're trying to focus it, right? That's stage one, right? The next stage is what, we, what I call control. Now, I use this as um, kind of a, uh, a healing technique. I use this when I, I was in a car accident, like a very bad, rear-ended, sitting in a stoplight from behind, you know, 60 miles an hour, ruptured disc in my back, ruptured my hip, you know, smashed up in my body, all these kind of things. And um, to heal myself, uh, they wanted to do surgery. I decided not to go that route. I found a good doctor through therapy and me doing things I could fix myself. So um, what I was able to do, and it's kind of like this healing technique where you can envision, again, it's control. So you're going to take this light in your body, envision your, you can envision this in many different ways. I move a light through my body, healing myself from my toes all the way up through my arms, my brain. You know, you can do that. You can also gather all the darkness in your body into a little ball behind your throat and then breathe it out. You can breathe it out into a, a disc like a sun 
and have it converted into positive energy that's then flowing into you. There's a lot of different ways to do this. I talk about this in the book. Um, and you can use different types of elements. Like you can, you can envision, uh, another way to do this, envision boxes in a row. And you can see all the problems in your life as boxes or even one horrible looking you know, box that's flowing with uh, lava and all this kind of stuff. Can you shrink that? Can you change it into a small, tiny box, make it a light color and push it backwards and have it disappear? You know, it's these mental exercises. When we communicate with our subconscious and our, our greater self, a lot of times we do it through imagery. Uh, Jung called it uh, archetypes. It's like the wise old man, the, the sun represented good, you know, darkness representing bad, um, all these kind of imagery. If you use them properly in your mind, it communicates things to your subconscious and will help you change yourself. So like I said, mindfulness is the first one. Control is the second one. You're healing, you're fixing yourself. The third one uh, is this Zen one that we kind of mentioned where it's the stillness. So you go and you clear your mind, you heal yourself. And then it's like, just sit. I, I picture this in my head, like one of two ways. So I've cleared myself of all the negativity through you know, being surrounded by suns and uh, it just kind of burns it out of me. And then I become the sun. When I say become the sun, you can meditate to where you're omnidirectional like in your, and it's kind of weird. It took me a long time to get there, but you can see in all directions at the same time in your mind. You can be on the fringes of the light. You can be in the center of the sun. And this whole idea of you as one uh, light being and just sit there and let it clear yourself um, is how I was able to envision it. There are other ways to do it. That's the interesting. Idea, I, yeah, I, I read about that in the, in the book, uh, Siddhartha, uh, when he mentions uh, being able to imagine himself as different animals and stuff. Okay, we can, you know, and again, you can use animals. I, I do that too. Yeah. Um, my animals. Just another example. Forms, yeah. Yeah. Are, uh, I'm a tiger and a, and a, um, and a turtle. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyways, uh, so then this idea of you um, becoming this light and purity and uh, cleansing yourself and healing yourself and controlling, this is all affecting your mind. You know what I mean? It's, it's like aligning yourself. Um, so then the next one is called focused. Now, this is where we pay attention to something of meaning. People call them, you can have mantras, you can say things over and over again. The first sheet of this, you can't really probably see it very well, but there's all sorts of uh, called affirmations. You know, an affirmation is uh, present, personal, and positive. I mean, we say something and it's about um, making our life better. And like on the sheet, we say, you know, like I am peaceful, I am happy, I am rational, I am, you know, one with myself, whatever it may be. So you can have all sorts of positive um, affirmations that you run through and the sheet is filled with them. Uh, the 10 laws that are in the book are also can be made into affirmations. So you can say those, you can make up anything you want. Uh, there's also this idea of uh, a power word. Um, this is through certain types of meditation techniques. Some people will use their kids' names. Uh, they'll use all sorts of different things. And if you say this over and over and over again, it kind of brings you into the state of oneness. And if it's really a positive, good thing, that can help you. So that's, that's the, um, the fourth technique of focused meditation. And then the fifth technique is uh, what we would call visualization. So you're meditating. Imagine your life uh, you know, from the moment you wake up and when you go to sleep or certain tasks or certain, uh, maybe you're going to give a speech in the future. Visualize you doing these things perfectly. You know what I mean? Like the, the ultimate way you would like to do it. Like just 
if you're like, oh, I got to have a conversation with my boss later, you don't have to picture the exact words, but just visualize the conversation going the exact way you want it to go. And you're leaving the office feeling great. Imagine you uh, hitting the, the ball, you know, it being a you know, home run after home run after home run, you know, if you're a baseball player, whatever it may be, the most positive aspect and go over that. So those are the kind of the five different ways to meditate. There's mindfulness, control, clearing, focused, and visualization. And the way I use these, uh, I usually, I like to meditate after I work out. So we talk about the daily way, which is the fifth step of the, of the way. It's about you creating your ultimate day, right? Um, it should seem obvious that you perfecting the way you live your day will help you become a better person. Uh, that's how we integrate these different virtues and best practices into our life. And part of that, obviously, you need to care for your body. Um, there's different times in the day that you need to uh, train yourself. You're just stretching up and warming up and uh, developing your body. And as part of that is developing your mind. So you need to take moments to uh, meditate. I like doing it like after I work out really hard. It seems like much easier. I've run through all of these, you know, one after the next. Sometimes I just stick on one. Uh, it just depends on your mood and what you feel like you need to do. You know, you may sit um, and meditate just on uh, the mindfulness stage. You might just go directly to clearing. You know what I mean? Just just go Zen for a while. Uh, you know, so it's really what what you're feeling. But there's also this idea of um, traditional moments, and I want to talk about this for a second because it's really important. We as human beings are kind of been brought up incorrectly. Uh, if you look at our whole life, it's kind of set up under, uh, for most of humanity, kind of a slavery model in the way that you go to work and you and we're educated. Sit mm -hmm. down. Don't move. You know, listen, if you say or do anything wrong, if you're a second late, you know what I mean? It's all horror. That's not really how humans work. We're meant to move around all day. We're meant to stand up and move our arms. And this is how we can be healthy. So I want you to think about this as you're living your day, right? You can't just sit there all day or stand up all day. You need to do different things to keep yourself healthy. Um, so when you're moving, when I call traditional moments, you're going from, let's say you're sitting at your desk and you have to go to the restroom. That moment that you get up from your desk and you go to the restroom and you come back, those are traditional or transitional moments. You can use those moments to move around. You can do many meditations. You can align yourself with your greater purpose. Um, if you use your life properly, you won't have to work out so much. You'll, you'll be a better, healthier person. And this is really important, this whole movement aspect is so many people are stagnant, especially in the Western societies. Um, there are glands in your body that if they're not like squeezed, that's how they, if you don't move around and exercise, they don't get activated. And it, you know, they, um, a lot of problems with, uh, I can't remember the name of it, <laughs> the thyroid gland, um, you know what I mean? These type of glands, they need that, you know, stress. So you need to get up and do these mini workouts. Uh, all of those sheets too are on the website. You can get a whole bunch of mini workout sheets. Uh, you can get yoga cards to make your own yoga workouts. I like yoga, um, you can call it just, like all these different ways to stretch and train your body. But there's a whole bunch of different ways to do yoga uh, that'll help you become flexible and strong. And, you know, when we train ourselves, I, I train very differently. I've been a martial artist my whole life. Uh, so I do this mental, physical stuff. But it, most of the time, especially men, we get trained in, in uh, improper ways to care for our body and it'll create a lot more problems later. So you got to realize that we're, we're training to be strong, fast, enduring, balanced, graceful, flexible, agile, precise, intense, coordinated, controlled, tough, dexterous, and ambidextrous. So it's like you, you, what you're trying to do is create activities that you kind of um, develop all these different aspects of your body and your mind so that you can become 
uh, a well-rounded person. And it will help you live longer and, and a healthier life. Because most of the problems in a, when you age come from not being flexible, not being strong, not, you know, not for, have cared for your body properly throughout your life. So hopefully that makes some sense. Yeah. That, that gives you um, what you need. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. When I do meditation, I use the I use the Waking Up app with Sam Harris, and one of the things that that he stresses is the fact that when you're when you're meditating, you're not trying to like completely like force thoughts out of your mind. What you do is you sit no. there, and when the thoughts come in, you simply observe the thought. Uh, you look at the space that it takes up in the mind, and then you watch as it naturally just disappears on its own, like you know. You just observe it like a like a passive observer. Yeah. Yeah. You just let it pass through, right? And eventually, those will come less and less, and then they'll just stop. Okay. Yeah. So, and what I was advised too, when you're going, when you first start meditating, and when I meditate a lot, sometimes I'll have like big thoughts, and it'll be like answers to a question, or oh, I got to. So have a pad next to you. And those are those are part of the reason why you're meditating, is so you can quiet your mind and then really hear what you need to hear. So. You know, if you have great insights, don't think, oh, I just realized this. I got to write. No, that's that's part of the point. So take those moments and realize that um, mm -hmm. that that's what you're doing. I don't personally like guided meditations. I like guiding myself. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I always find those guided meditations a little, I don't know, irritating. So it just depends on you. You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. if you like that, people want me to do some guided meditations for them. Mm -hmm. um, I you know, generally agree, but I generally agree. I like the waking up app. I think it's just different than other kind of meditations. You know, it's a really yeah. good voice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Waking up. Yeah. Waking up. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, what kind of martial arts do you do? Uh, well, I actually started back. I was born in '66, so I started martial arts before there was uh, mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. I've studied uh, pretty much everything because what I found when I was young, if every martial art has its weakness. Mm -hmm. uh, in sometimes the other martial arts. And a lot of them are separated, like grappling or punching or, you know, like judo and karate, right? Mm -hmm. in, in judo, right? I've done judo in Japan. Uh, my sensei was <laughs> one of the guys who was in the Olympics. He was a badass. But um, it's like there were so many times in judo where, you're, where you could literally punch the guy, but you can't, you can't grapple or anything, but I could mm -hmm. get out of it if I could just, you know, give him a fist here or there. Mm -hmm. And the same thing in karate. It's like you can't grapple, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, do the judo stuff. So uh, I always found that studying all the different martial arts. Um, wh what I say now is that now it's mixed martial arts. They've, they've figured out a lot of the best striking, grappling, mm -hmm. you know, t different techniques. Um, but, but as far as real life goes, and I always recommend this, especially for, for women or uh, people that have kids, Aikido and uh, Krav Maga are probably the two that are missing from the whole MMA because it's those two, uh, Krav Maga is like how to, how to defend yourself in any situation using anything you can possibly imagine. You know what I mean? It's a, it was developed by the um, Israelis and it is hardcore. I'm mm -hmm. talking, you know, use this book to, you know, whatever you can imagine. Roll the magazine real tight. Yeah, whatever it may be, you know, you fight to the death. They teach you all these techniques. Uh, Aikido is awesome. Um, because it's about using the other person's momentum and force and everything against them. You know what I mean? It's like circles, uh, you know, throwing people. <laughs> I was in Japan learning this, like these old guys are throwing around um, the football players like they're nothing. You know what I mean? It's like twistings and you, know, you get somebody in a hold where you just lock them up and they can't do anything. Um, but the whole idea of martial arts isn't about hurting people. And 
you know, I, I'm a weapons guy. I have endless weapons, you know, swords and knives and nunchucks and you name it. And I've, I've done it, mm-hmm. but it's more of like a training thing. It's more of a, you know, like my sword. I, I, I've been in swords my whole life and I love the katana. It's like the best sword, I believe, out there. And it's not about violence to me at all. It's more like, a, a, I don't know, maybe a dance, more like that. It's, it's more like you're becoming one with these movements. When you do these katas, you do these different types of forms. It's like, can you master your body? Can you, you know, keep the strength and the grace and, the, and everything else in motion? It's kind of like the meditation, walking meditations. You know what I mean? You can use the martial arts that way. Um, but then you can also use it to defend yourself because we are in a world that is not perfect. And it has, um, it has helped me a lot. So as far as like, uh, I don't know, I, I think that the, the mind and the body, the spirit and emotions, all of this is kind of like, we have to get it all kind of on the same page and flowing in the same direction for us to be our best self. And if we're taught these kind of techniques when we're young, it will help us be able to moderate ourselves, control ourselves and uh, become better people because we're not you know, beholden to just these thoughts throwing through our mind or you know, we're not able to control our bodies the way we want or whatever it may be. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought that I think that's a really interesting idea about uh, how it's not about violence, it's like a dance. You know, like it's, there's a reason it's called an art. You know, martial arts. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. it's fun. I, I don't know if I, I I had this dream. Okay, when I was a kid, I had this dream where I was uh, I was <laughs> this is a dream. So just remember, I'm in this house and I'm with all my brothers. For some reason, I have, I have twelve brothers and we are fighting like you wouldn't believe. Like we're throwing people through the windows. We have swords, but we can't hurt each other. None of us are getting hurt. We're laughing. We, we go outside and our mom throws us out and we're out in this and we're just sword fighting. And it's like, every time you hit somebody, it's like it, we move backwards, but we're not hurt. But it was the most fun game I've ever played in my life. And I think men are kind of like this. It's like tag. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when I'm, when I'm doing a martial art, um, totally. you, know, you know I mean? It's like, it's like a game. It's not like I want to hurt this guy. I mean, I laid out my sensei um, in Japan a couple of times. You know, because you're, you're full on, I mean, with the full mask, you know, full body, everything. And you're going at it. And it was more like tag, <laughs> you know, like seriously, like I was able to get through this 12th degree black belt and knock his ass out. You know what I mean? It's like, it was like, uh, it's like making that basket, the three pointer, you know what I mean? It's the same kind of feeling. So um, very primal feeling, very like the, the fun is like the potential that you're like, you're, you're doing this very uh, ancient, this very evolutionary type of action. Uh, you know, there's like a potential yeah. to um, cause harm to, you know, defend yourself, you know, or what, what, whatever. It's like, a, it's like a tiger being a tiger sometimes. You know I mean? Yeah. We're animals, you know? And mm-hmm. I think this aggression, uh, this, this uh, feeling of men have where we, we want to fight it gets twisted in our society and we, we, we tell people it's wrong and all these things. I think it needs to be let out in a, in a positive way. You know what I mean? It's like all the top degree martial artists I've ever met, um, ninjutsu artists, uh, Aikido masters, judo guys, whatever, they're very peaceful guys. They're not mm-hmm. going out and brawling in the bars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They are not doing any of that stuff. They're stopping people from doing that stuff. The key um, is to be able to be, you have to be able to cause this kind of harm, but not actually be willing to be the initiator of it. Well, yeah, and it's also that piece, it's like uh, in the East, they have this idea of the iron fist inside the velvet glove. 
right? Mm -hmm. So the velvet glove is this love and the, and the peace and everything else. But at the same time, man, you cross this line. Goes back, to the, goes back to the yin and yang, the balance. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I think this comes back to uh, the whole point of sometimes we're, when we get in fights with people, I've been in a lot of fights in my life. Um, one of them comes to mind. I, I was in a fight with a friend of mine. I go back, he sexually assaulted my girlfriend. He was a friend of mine. I wasn't there at a party. Went and talked to him for like over an hour, kind of hashed it out with him, lying to me. Anyways, this whole thing deteriorated at the very end. Um, I'm just kind of blowing it off as nothing or whatever. Anyways, I got into a fight. And the whole point I'm bringing this up is that there is a point, I think, it's like why we have law and order, why we have this, there's a line, you know what I mean, that in humanity, that if you cross it, you're, you're just wrong, man. You know what I mean? It's like, it's over. Like, mm -hmm. like we went to war, uh, you know, in the Second World War. It was like, no, ah, this is just too wrong. You know what I mean? We can't, we can't just let this go. This yeah. isn't just, you know. So I think that because of the way this whole, like you said, yin and yang is set up on this earth, the good and evil, uh, our choice between being corrupted or not being corrupted. You know what I mean? All of this is about this. You know, it's like we could use force, but we choose not to, or we limit it, or we use it intensely when you cross this line. You know what I mean? And that's what I think uh, makes us a just being. You know what I mean? We're not just an animal, right? We don't just go out there and just kill and whatever, mm -hmm. anytime, or, you know. But there is a point where we're like, yeah, we will kill you. You come and mm -hmm. try to kill my, or take my kids, or you know what I mean? You can name a list, you know, a mile long, that if you cross that line, sure, we'll probably end up trying to kill you, you know, mm -hmm. to stop you. Um, but I think yeah. that's the whole idea of martial arts. It's for the good reason. You know what I mean? We learned that to protect and defend yourself, not to do violence unto another. You know what I mean? Not going out there, hey, I don't like you. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> no, I, I will stop you from beating the crap out of me or from them. But, um, you know, and that's just what's needed. And it's like, mm -hmm. I've also stopped a fight. I was in a, I was a bouncer uh, in a club when I was in college. I actually became the head bouncer there. And I was the one that always went into every situation and tried to break it up. And I've had so many surreal experiences there. I can't even tell you, but uh, this one, I, these guys had this altercation in the club and they all went outside. Anyways, I walk out and there's two guys facing off with knives and I'm talking buoy knives, huge knives. One guy had been stabbed already and they're just about to go at it. So what I did is I grabbed the guy that him is stabbed and take his knife out of him and push him backwards. Hmm. And I stand from the guy that has the knife that's ready to fight. And I'm like, you can fight me or you can get the fuck out of here right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, cause I knew the cops were coming. I knew who this kid was. Everybody knew who he was, but this guy is gonna die in the next minute to two minutes if I don't do something. So anyways, I get him to leave and I save this guy's life. Um, you know, he was stuck right here, right, right in his lung. Um, and it was intense, man. I'm talking, I'm having my hand, the blood is pumping through. I'm yelling for people to give me their shirts. I mean, the guy's on the ground, he passes out. I'm, you know, the ambulance gets there and saved him. I mean, it was like probably minutes. <laughs> um, and he came back to me months later and, uh, you know, we had a good conversation. Um, he was actually stabbed. He was the wrong guy. The guy was trying to stab this guy that was messing with this girl and he stabbed the wrong guy. So this mm -hmm. guy that I, the life I saved, wasn't even like part of the issue at all. You know, it was just like the wrong guy. Um, but what I'm saying that is like, if, if I didn't know how to 
do anything, like take a knife out of somebody's hand, you know, you twist their hand a certain way, you can take a knife out and whatever, and, and be tough enough to stand up against that guy um, and get him to, to know that he will die if he fights me or, you know, something's gonna happen. I've had that happen to me so many times in so many different fights where it's not a, sometimes it's not a fight, meaning it's a fight, but you stop the fight. You know, that's like the whole idea. Sometimes it's like uh, the deterrent. I, I've been mm-hmm. confronted by gangs, like where there's 10, 20 guys, they're gonna beat the crap out of me and I was able to stop them from doing anything by the right words, by the right actions. And I, I even hit one of the guys in the group that was mouthing off to the point, but nobody moved. And I was able to stop them from fighting because of what I was saying. And it wasn't, I wasn't against them. I was showing them that what they were doing was wrong. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yep. and the rest of it. So, and I became their friends. I mean, I was, yep. I'm the kind of guy that was like, make friends with a, a, a biker or a gang and then be able to walk up into that gang where they say nobody would ever walk up to it. it's like walking up to the hell's angels and being accepted by them and having conversations with them you know these people are human beings and if you just talk to them like they are you'll find out that half of these people want to be great people they just don't know how you know they, their life circumstances their situations mm-hmm. being molested as kids or being on drugs um being twisted by some weird ideology whatever it may be it's just it's it's like I don't know. We're all brothers and sisters, man. <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. gotta gotta help them. Not yeah. Anyway. Yep. Okay, so I, we're about out of time right here. So, um, oh. where can people find you if they want to learn more they, or, or get sure, the book? Sure. Um, Everything is on uh, Seven Way Me. That's the number seven. W A Y dot M E. And mm-hmm. on there, it's you can see Discover the Way. That'll show you more about the way. It'll give you mm-hmm. links to where you can buy it. You can buy the book everywhere. Just you know, it's on mm-hmm. Amazon and. Um, you know, Walmart, you name it. It's in every store. It's all over the world too, uh, pretty much. It's, I haven't had it translated in other um, uh, uh, languages yet. Um, but also on that website, you're gonna find videos. It's under Society Solutions and I'm gonna be adding more there. You know, negative thinking, one is there, uh, how to stop the um, uh, addiction is there, how to end corruption, uh, how to fix our justice system. I'm doing one right now on the biggest problems of the world and how to solve them. Uh, the race issues, you name it, it's going to be up there, as well as I'm getting into videos about our personal stuff, like the meditation stuff, the body care, and all the rest of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one party is up there, you can join that. Uh, there's also yep. uh, an action center where you can find all sorts of resources. Like I said, this this meditation guide, the um, habit building sheet, the daily way, all of this is downloadable, and it's all in the action center. There's a very first little box there, it says downloads for the way. You just click there, you can go into the center and download all this stuff. Um, and there's a lot more on there. I mean, there's, there's ways we can join to do videos. We can do um, cool verses, you know, is a project where I'm trying to join different types of artists together to create positive music, you know, verse around different types of virtues, endless stuff on there. And I'm gonna be creating more. But the whole point here too, is that I'm just getting started. I'm looking to build, uh, you know, a tribe, an organization, uh, uh, you know, the the one movement, the one party, but I can't do this all myself. And this isn't mm-hmm. about me. This is about us um, kind of joining together to do this. So seven way me, uh, go there, please help me, you know, join us on all, all my social media links are there. We're just getting started. We need everybody's help. We need you to join us and help guide this. You know, again, it's all about all of us finding the, the real solutions and no one of us has all of it. You know, we need a, a, to unite to make all this goodness happen. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew Calderella. Um, that was fantastic. You, I learned a lot. Super interesting. Um, I'm your host, Chris Wright uh, from Point Counterpoint. Namaste.
Namaste. Thank you, Chris.